Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. We are a tight-knit family, a, a close circle here on the Steelers Blitz. We don't have many friends, but we have a very good friend. His name is Brian Bacco of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, our original guest, our guest just about every single Thursday here on the show. What's up, Mr. Bacco? How are we doing today? Doing great. Really appreciate the loyalty from you guys. Feel like that's going to be a theme uh, of this segment and the 2021 Steelers season. Yes, no, uh, you know, no cap considerations mm-hmm. here. Uh, everybody just uh, rowing the boat together. Let, let me ask you this, then, Mister Backo. Let's get right into it, because, like you said, we have plenty, plenty to converse on here. Are you feeling like now it is a foregone conclusion that Ben will be back after everything that, you know, we heard from his agent and from Art Rooney uh, earlier in the week? Does it feel like a foregone conclusion? Or do we still, we know what happens when you can assume and the salary cap considerations are still pretty large and there's still some potential that there could be some bumps in the road. How are you feeling uh, now after, you know, another week of statements and, and some additional information? Yeah, I think foregone conclusion is is a good word. I mean, you you never you never say never, I guess. Um, but I feel like the hay is in the barn on this Ben deal. The the most of the drama is behind us. You know, we'll see what this contract ends up looking like. But uh, you know, the biggest question that everybody had was is is he going to be the quarterback in 2021? And if not, then who? Uh, it sure seems like he is going to be the guy for the Steelers. Uh, you know, like it or, or don't like it. Uh, looks like that's the resolution here, and, and the rest is uh, is going to come out uh, eventually here. Yeah, so um, back up. I guess my question is this, though. How did we come to the conclusion yesterday that that was any different than what had already been said in terms of the team has said that they wanted him back, right? But it's always been the contract, the contract, the contract. What was said yesterday that changed the elephant in the room of the contract? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I, I think it was a little bit more definitive than we're leaving the door open for him, uh, as Art Rooney said uh, in person last time he was heard from. And uh, and I also got the sense from that seeing that statement uh, in writing with the Steelers' letterhead and everything that uh, they wanted to do a little bit to, to quell the speculation uh, that was running rampant after Kevin Colbert's comments mm-hmm. last week. I mean, they had to know that no matter what he said, basically, it was going to get legs and, and become a, a huge story one way or the other. So uh, this, to me, just gives me the, the sense that they wanted to tell people, yeah, we had the meeting, and it's not as up in the air as maybe you were assuming. But, I mean, you're, you're right. There, there's an out there in that language, I think. And that's why I say you, you never say never, uh, and you, you simply never know, uh, I guess, until – uh, that contract is, is actually signed and the ink is dried. But, uh, I mean, we, there was the reporting Tuesday night from our Jerry Dulac at the Post-Gazette that uh, they, they had, had a meeting and it went well and, and the statement was going to come from Art. And to me, that statement said, uh, don't get any crazy ideas. Ben's going to be the guy again next year one way or the other. 
Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He's our guy here on the show, always mm-hmm. one way or another. Uh, Brian, then how, wh- what do you think is the realistic path forward? Is it the extension with the voidable years on the end? How much can they really legitimately ask him to take a pay cut? You know, this is something Arthur Motes and I discussed at the start of the show. You know, $19 million is what he's owed. Everybody knows that $41 million number, but the 19 of that is his current salary. That puts him in a range with guys like Teddy Bridgewater and Mitch Trubisky and, and Nick Foles. If you're asking him to take less than that already, he could clearly get much more you know, out on the open market in those types of situations. So what do you think is, is the fair ask, the fair way to go about things? We know there's going to have to be concessions on both sides, obviously. What is, what's the legitimate way to do this in your mind that is fair to Ben and, and, and everything that, that he is as a future Hall of Fame quarterback but that also we know allows the Steelers to not be handcuffed from a salary cap from a roster construction standpoint. To me, it's just going to be more of the the kick in the can down the road, you know, credit card kind of approach to building the team. Because I mean, reading between the lines from some of Ben's agents' comments, it's I, I don't necessarily think it's a slam dunk that he's going to take a quote unquote pay cut. I mean, I, I think it's going to be something where. Yeah, obviously in 2021, his number is lowered, and uh, on paper you have more room to work with to build the team around him. But uh, I still think it's something that the Steelers are going to have to pay for literally uh, down the road once Ben is is gone. So uh, I think it's pretty similar to the Drew Brees situation with the Saints where uh, they did have all those void years on the back end and gave themselves some wiggle room in the short term. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the the fans who are very pie in the sky about, you know, <laughs> hey, Ben is, is willing to take less, give the Steelers the hometown discount, blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't uh, necessarily uh, go too overboard with that just yet. I mean, that's never really been, uh, you know, his M.O., and, and you could argue that it shouldn't be because you get paid what you're worth. So uh, that's where this becomes such a, uh, a tricky and, and delicate balance. I mean, you know, the, there's been a lot of talk of are the Steelers not showing him enough respect. Do they owe it to him to do this or do that? The way I see it, guys, I mean, certainly you're happy that he won two Super Bowls uh, for your franchise, but one, he didn't do it alone, and two, he was paid handsomely for the first Mm. 17 years that he was here. Yes. Uh, How much more does a guy really deserve than that? Now, with that being said, do you think this approach that, you know, you kind of laid out right there, the whole Drew Brees style, the uh, extensions and things like that, do you think that that, is the best scenario for the team as well because I do see the scenario how it can help Ben but I feel like the kicking the can down the line is only going to put them in this same situation or potentially worse situation you know a year or two from down uh, a year or two from now yeah no I don't think it's the best scenario for the Steelers I just think it's the best realistic one I mean Hmm. the the ideal world for them is you know Ben says okay Ben and his agents say okay well you know we'll rip up the contract and uh, I'll just I'll pay for I'll play for a, a ridiculously no, low number just to help you guys out and you know try to win one uh, you know win number seven but uh, it's it's not always uh, that easy and it's it's not that simple you know it's easy for us to say that from the outside perhaps but it ain't our money it ain't our bank account uh, on either side of things so uh, I don't think it's it's going to go down like that uh, but I, I do think it'll be. It'll be a creative contract for sure. There's there's going to be more hot takes on both sides of this thing <laughs> once we find out what it looks like. So, like I said, while I think the uh, the the most dramatic part of the saga is 
done and, and over with, uh, that doesn't mean uh, that, that there won't be uh, more controversy uh, as, as it pertains to, to Ben and the Steelers. And, of course, there's the, the huge lingering issue of how much he does have left in the tank, even though his agent says he has a lot. Without a doubt. And also, so Wes had brought this up a little earlier in terms of how we could potentially see the contract be altered and things like that. And he brought up doing some of the incentives, right? You know, uh, we're, we're yeah. a certain amount of passing yards, win a division title, AC championship game appearance and things like that. But traditionally, the Steelers don't do that. Do you right. think that this is a scenario where they might alter those rules, though those self, you know, mm-hmm. self-imposed have, rules? They have done a, a lot of going against those self-imposed, yes. right? A trade up to get Devin Bush, more right. active in free agency. I mean, this is this because this would go against that, but I do think that this is a scenario where it could be very beneficial. I'll say this much, you know, from from looking back in the archives, uh, way before I covered the team, and certainly before you guys thought much about them. I mean, they were known for being one of those last NFL franchises that didn't want to do the contract restructures and, and get sort of uh, underhanded with those dealings and do the cap gymnastics. Then they became uh, one of the, the teams that were you know doing that more than anybody, and, and they became known for uh, their ability to manipulate the cap and, and basically fit in anybody that they knew, need to. But you know that being said, I think you know there was that question was being asked a lot you know this time a year ago. Uh, about Cam Hayward and whether they would make exceptions uh, with him, and you know, do you negotiate early or do you give him a, you know, give someone a deal in season? Uh, and, and they ultimately didn't do that. Uh, they, they found a, a way to uh, sign Cam long term before their usual artificial deadline. So I get the sense that when it comes to contracts uh, and things of that nature. If a freaking pandemic <laughs> couldn't move them off of their uh, their family policies uh, and, and way of doing things, uh, I, I don't think they're going to all of a sudden start getting into some of these incentive-type deals. Brian Bacco of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, our guest here on the Steelers Blitz. Understandably so, Mr. Bacco. The big conversation between both camps, the Steelers and, and Ben Roethlisberger and him and his agent, um, and the discussion about said meetings and, and conversations has been about the salary cap. That's what we just spent the, the first 10 minutes talking with you here about. But do you think that there needs to be a conversation about the direction of the offense as well, too, you know, before pen meets paper? How similar, right? Like, there has to be concessions from how Matt Canada wants to do things and how Ben Roethlisberger wants to do things. They need to meet somewhere in the middle, right? Are they going to talk about running play action more, lining up under center more, more pre-snap movement? Do you think that that will be part – well, I guess it's a two-part question. One, do you think that that will be part of the conversation before Ben signs that extension? Two, should that be part of the conversation before that, that ink dries on the paper? I would say yes to both. And, you know, the, the, the broad description of their meeting going well can mean or, or point to a lot of things. I mean, perhaps they didn't even get into the X's and O's of it yet, but – perhaps they did and Ben you know did give off the signs that uh, he's willing to kind of change his playing style somewhat even in year 18 I mean I think Kevin Colbert made it pretty clear in some of his comments uh, about Matt Canada taking over as the offensive coordinator and uh, how it's going to change the way they look at personnel Uh, you know he meant it more for the draft but I don't know how you can't apply that also to uh, the guys you have returning which includes the veteran future Hall of Fame quarterback. So, um, you know, we'll see if 
how if and how much uh, Ben is sort of willing to budge on on what he's done. I guess that's also something that you know teams say about pretty much every play caller they <laughs> they hire. Uh, you know, we're going to give him uh, the latitude to do what he wants to do. But as we know, that is not always the case with the egos in the NFL on both sides of this thing. And and that to me is a very interesting storyline about the Matt Canada hire is how is a guy who has worked with college kids uh, his whole career going to adjust to calling the shots and giving directives to uh, someone who's not all that much younger than him and uh, certainly at the NFL level is infinitely more accomplished than Ben. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a unique situation. Switching subjects just a little bit to another guy that, you know, has some contract conversations surrounding him. Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, I believe it was Ian Rappaport that said that he doesn't think that it's a foregone conclusion that Juju can't return. He thinks that it's a scenario where it could happen. I just want to know from your perspective, do you think that that has any legs to it? Do you think that there is some way that Juju returns, or do you think he's gone? No, I think he's gone. I think uh, the our buddy Rap Sheet was kind of catching up to what the discourse has been all season uh, for those of us who follow the Steelers closely and follow Juju closely on a day-to-day basis. I mean, with, with him, it's funny. I mean, he keeps doing these off-season interviews. I don't even know that they are particularly notable at this point because he's been very consistent in saying he wants to come back. Uh, he'd love to retire a Steeler, um, but then he's usually asked, well, you know, what are you looking for in free agency? Well, looking for a good quarterback, and I'm, I'm looking for a raise, basically. And uh, so that, to me, says, sure, he'd, he'd love to come back, but it has to be at a certain salary. And I think we've seen the writing on the wall for a while now that uh, given what else the Steelers have behind him at that position in all the other holes that they have to fill across this roster, uh, they're just not going to be able to make it work for him financially. Perhaps in a, a normal season, he's the ideal candidate for a franchise tax you can keep the the Mm -hmm. band together for one more year and hey now that ben is you know i I think definitely coming back perhaps there is just a little bit more motivation to say juju can we keep you in the fold for you know just maybe one more season for ben since you guys have such a good rapport but ultimately for all the reasons just listed uh i i don't see him coming back in 2021 you know what? I agree with everything that, that Brian Bacco just said there, and I will even add one more caveat to this. I'd be interested to get your guys' take on this. When I saw the TMZ stuff yesterday, right, how, <laughs> you know, how, how Juju was telling TMZ I want my legacy to be in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. I thought about all the stuff that Brian Bacco just said. I thought about how dating back to the last few weeks of the regular season, you know, Juju was posting pictures of, of the Pittsburgh skyline on his Instagram saying, you know, I want to continue to call this place home. I think Brian's right. I think he has just realized in conversations with his agent, it's just not going to happen because of the money. Like, for no other reason, because of the money. Say, you know, the Steelers want Juju around 10, 11 million per, and Juju knows he can get 14, 15, 16 on the open market. I think Juju is slowly coming to that realization that it's just, it's going to be a cap casualty, that he's not going to be back with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think he wants to make sure that the love remains here with the fan base. He saw maybe, you know, how it ended with Antonio Brown and Lev Bell, who were who were so beloved at one time and then just completely fractured those relationships. He saw how it ended with Debo and James Harrison, so beloved at one time, fractured that relationship. I think Juju is going out of his way to not even going out of his way, but just making it clear how much he would like to be a Pittsburgh Steeler if that was in the cards, so that inevitably when he ends up somewhere else, 
the love is still here. The relationship is still here. When he comes back to Pittsburgh, it's sunshine and rainbows, not anger and, and mm-hmm. vitriol. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if there's one thing that has kind of become a theme of Juju, it's that, uh, you know, he understands how to build his brand and how to kind of say the right things. You know, Browns is the Browns, notwithstanding. But, <laughs> uh, you know, he has done uh, quite a few interviews since the season ended. I think he was on with the Doug Gottlieb at one point, uh, yep. did a local uh, Pittsburgh podcast here, and now, yeah, this TMZ interview. And, and I do get the, the sense that, He's basically saying the same thing. He's he's saying all the right things in all of those, and uh, to me, it it doesn't sway my opinion of of his future one way or the other. Now, if he does a another podcast, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe Wes and Moats, if if he says, uh, "Hey, sorry guys, but this is the end of the road for me. I'm, I'm planning to go elsewhere." Then uh, my ears will perk up a bit. <laughs> well, we'll keep you posted when that interview happens, and those comments are made. You'll be the first <laughs> one to know. I can assure you of that. But with all of those things being said, the Ben news, potentially Juju, you know, leaving, hitting the market. What do you think the Steelers should do at 24 Ooh. in the draft? Yeah, I'm excited to get more into the, the draft discussion once we get through uh, a little bit more of these roster moves. And especially we should be an indie right now, Brian. No, right? Well, y'all should be. I, yeah. I would have got left. Can we can, go? Wait, hold on, Backo. Can we have this quick aside conversation here? Do you know what happened in Indianapolis last night that if it were a normal scenario, we would have been there to witness? No, what happened? The Golden State Warriors played the Pacers last night in Indy. Mm. So, Mr. Backo, we could have gone and watched Steph Curry go mm. one for 11 but from behind the three-point line last night at the Bankers Life Fieldhouse. I'm sitting there watching that game on ESPN, and I literally, I almost texted you, Brian. I'm thinking in the back of my mind, I'm like, in another dimension, me and Backo are at this game right now, like four or five beers deep watching Steph Curry drain him out here. You're so right. And now that I think about it, I did flip through at one point and saw uh, the the GOAT TJ McConnell giving yep. Steph Curry that <laughs> word. Right. So Let's go. That's right. to see in person. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, but getting back to Moat's question, pick 24. <laughs> hey, I know Moat wants to keep throwing it out there that, uh, you know, he doesn't get invited back to Indy. But I looked this <laughs> up after last week's show. Uh, two and one record for one Arthur Moat. Oh, yeah. He plays. Here we go. Football we'll, game. We get dubs at in Indy. Yes, we get dubs in Indy, without a doubt. Look at look at Backa doing. I think the, the one loss there. was when you were with the. Bills. I was with the Bill Buffalo. So, yep. Yeah, <laughs> that absolutely. doesn't count for our purposes. No, no question. But, yeah, <laughs> it, was, um, it was a regular me, game. Uh, I only played on holidays <laughs> now. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, but to me, as, as far as you know, first round Steelers pick, uh, without knowing their plan for free agency and who they bring in just yet, I lean ever so slightly to getting that kind of you know prime time big play running back and. Uh, I keep getting asked about this in my chats at the Post-Gazette, and uh, it's actually a question in my mailbag that's going to be going up on the website shortly. Is it Travis Etienne or Najee Harris for me if I had my druthers? And I like Etienne just a little bit better because of that game-breaking speed. I mean, 16 career touchdown runs of at least 44 yards. Like, you just think about that. That is ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, he might not even be there for them at that point, but if enough other teams – decide they have a lot of needs and don't want to invest that kind of draft capital in a running back, I wouldn't overthink it if I were the Steelers, and I'd go out and get my guy for the next four or five years. I like it. Last one I've got for you, Mr. Backo, if that's all right with you, Arthur mm-hmm. Motes. Um, it's a life question, not a football question. Mm, okay. This weekend, 
your boy, this is this is the last time I'm gonna talk to you in my twenties, oh, Mr. Backo. Hey now. Okay, your boy hey now. Your boy crosses over. I officially exit baby genius territory and enter my fourth decade of life. <laughs> oh geez, that's just painful to say out loud. I turned 30 this weekend, Mr. Backo. <laughs> so my question for you is what's one thing I should do in the next couple days before I turn thirty? Huh. Um, I mean, I guess skydiving is kind of an obvious one. Have That's ever the that? same answer that Phil Bork gave me on the on Ooh. the show earlier this week. Ooh. I feel like that's kind of a go-to. I, I don't know if I have any desire to do it, but um, that, I, don't that I guess, is a classic. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What other suggestions have you gotten? I'm reeling. I didn't realize you were older than me, Mr. Euler. Well, I believe we're this. Are you, you 29 as well, or are you a year younger? Yes. Okay. I'm 29. Okay, yeah, that's right. I feel like we had this conversation before where you, Crowley, and I are all the same age, but mm. Crowley's the oldest. I'm in the middle. You're a little bit younger. Um, How old is Crowley? Crowley's 30, but he okay. just he just turned he just 30, 30, 30 a couple months ago. Yeah, we yeah. all. Wow, well, I thought he was way older given his maturity. <laughs> oh yeah, that Crowley. He's so mature. He's never crass <laughs> at all. Uh, I have got yeah. Phil Bork told me to go skydiving or to go bungee jumping. Tim Benz told me that I should drink as many beers as I physically can, and then on my 39th birthday, you know, like, and then before I turn 40 in oh. 10 years, do the same thing again and see how much more painful it is <laughs> 10 years later. Um, Chris Carter told me that I should invite him over and get whooped at beer pong before mm. I turn 30 again. Okay, okay, I'm trying to think. I feel like there's one person. I think you should run a I'm marathon. Missing. Oh, would you stop? Listen, bar crawl. I'm a bar crawl guy. Yeah, I, I mean, that would crawl, be the man. normal, you know, like, like, fellas, I was supposed to originally next week, my wife and I were supposed to be leaving to go to Europe for 10 days. Mm-hmm. Like that was the original plan. Um, but yeah, I think it's just going to involve some, some good, some good cold beers. Nice stay. Yeah, I'm going to Hyde Park tomorrow night with the misses for uh for you know I might get that Mike I might get that Mike Tomlin ninety five dollar tomahawk steak at Hyde Park tomorrow tomorrow night, fellas. Uh, but yeah, Mr. Becko, I think just um drinking some beers, hanging out, and I'm pretty fortunate in this regard. Saturday, mm-hmm. WVU basketball and the Penguins play. Hey now. Sunday, Manchester United and the Penguins play. So hey now. How about just cold beers and, and watching my favorite sport sporting sports teams. No, I think you should run a marathon. <laughs> While a consuming marathon a beer. You just started running? Yes. Uh, no chance. Can, can you run, run the How marathon you while drinking it? Because it used to hydrate it. I mean, like if I had, if, if it was like Wes, life or death, you have to run 26.2 miles tomorrow. I, I could do it. Um, yeah, it might take you all day. It would, t- it would absolutely take me all day, but I could do it. Uh, my mother, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, fellas. Hmm. My mother has run 19 marathons in her lifetime. 19. Oh, so like separate. Oh, you might be able to pump it out tomorrow with no training. All right. So you ready for this? My mom actually oh my qualified gosh. for, was it 92 Olympics in Atlanta? No, 92 was Barcelona. My mom qualified for the Olympic trials for the 92 Olympics in Barcelona, but if you're doing the math on all this, she got pregnant with me in 1991 mm. and decided not to go for it. But my mom ran the Boston so, Marathon. So you held your mother back. I held my mom back. She could have been she could have been an Olympic. My mom ran the Boston Good Marathon. Job, Wes. <laughs> my mom ran the Boston <laughs> Marathon in like 1990 and had such a good time that they invited her to the Olympic marathon trials for wow. Team USA. But then she got pregnant with me shortly after and kind of kind of gave up on that dream. So, yeah, well, again, I think this is further evidence that you need to write that wrong that is your fault and bust <laughs> out a marathon before you turn 30. You know, I like it, Backo. Everybody, like I said, it's it's been bungee jumping. It's so been skydiving. It's been go drink 57 beers. You're the one who's actually looking out for my health in this conversation as I as I round the base towards 30. So I, for that, I am eternally grateful. Yes, push your body to the limit. <laughs> that's, that's a good friend right there. I'm trying to push your body to the limit. 
but the other direction. He's trying to push it to see what you, how, how much good you could do. I'm trying to see how much bad you could do yeah, to that body. That's what Tim Benz was trying you know? to do to me, too. Brian Backel, our good friend of the show. Read his work in the Post-Gazette. Hear him here on SNR. Follow him on Twitter, at Brian Backel. He does not do cap. He hasn't changed his number since the seventh grade. Partner, great stuff. Always a lot of fun. We appreciate your time. All right. Be safe, guys. There he is, Brian Backo, our buddy. Love that guy, Arthur Motes. Mm-hmm. You know, he was talking about draft picks there and what might be available at pick 24. Mm-hmm. This is normally combine week. It is. What do you say we have a little mock draft talk when we come back here, Arthur Motes? Does I that can work dig for it. you? I can dig it, dig it. We'll do that on the other side, as well as we have gotten a handful of tweets here on the show that we will address. If you want to join in on the conversation, anything that we've talked about today so far on the table, on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at the body 52 The body. You are listening to the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7, home of the black and gold, SNR.